Hey guys, welcome to Bag the Broadcast, episode number 524. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out May 31st, 2023. We follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, in celebration of Fast X coming out, uh, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite pop culture vehicles. Uh, We've had no previous discussion as to what we're picking, so I'm looking forward to getting into this discussion. And before you say, whoa, Chris... Why are you celebrating Fast X coming out? That came out last week. We reconfigured the episodes we were doing so we could talk about Supergirl. So if we were doing the movie that's coming out this week for The Brack of Us, we would probably be talking about our favorite uh, pop culture Spider-Man. Because by the time this one comes out, it's going to be across the Spider-Verse. Would it or, be weird or that we could the 90s be, cartoon Spider-Man would be on the top of my list? Yes, very weird. Or we could be doing a Little Mermaid follow-up with our favorite pop culture fish. Mm, oh, okay. Because that movie would have just come out. I'm getting ahead of myself now because there's something else we got to do first. Hey guys, you're drinking the same drink? We're yeah. on, we're, well, you could say we're drinking a drink. You could say we're unleashing a beast, or you could take it back old school and say we're getting ready to tear the door off the frame. <laughs> You're both drinking monster energy drinks, but they're not energy. They're not, they're, which I'm <laughs> thankful for. They're, but they're alcohol, which yeah, is six, energy. Six percent. Ooh. Uh, we are drinking the beast unleashed from monster. This is a hard beverage uh malt beverage coming in at six percent we are starting with mean green the green version and the thing that i said off the off the bat when i took a smell was this smells like cough syrup and it has a little bit of a cough syrupy taste as well so john what you're smelling is just what monster smells like yeah exactly uh yeah i this it's not bad. I'm halfway through it because you can just guzzle it because it's sweet and alcoholy. Yeah. And it's... I'm very happy that this is not bigger than the 6% because, again, Tear the Door Off the Frame is a reference to our younger days of drinking Tilt, which was also a malt beverage, but that was a uh, much higher. Hur- hurricanes. Oh, Hurricane. That's what it was. Yeah. But yeah. it became tilt because we only had hurricane that one time. And then that's what began the tilt bet. Uh, I'm glad this is not like the 10 or 11 percent like tilt or hurricane was, um, because now I don't feel bad about drinking four cans of this while we record <laughs> for the next two hours. Because again, this is a light, a light night for me now. Um, Monster is my, I guess, energy drink of choice. I usually go for the sugar-free versions, though, because they are very, very sugary. And I just I don't like super, super sweet drinks. Uh, So this mean green is actually almost like a sugar-free monster. Like it still has that like chemically taste to it. Yeah. Do you have the box? Because I think these are sugar-free. 
Um, I it's in the refrigerator. Um, yeah, it says uh, on the back of the can. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. It said uh, we hit delete on the energy blend, cut out the caffeine, and ditch the sugar. So wow, sugar free. Uh, it's not bad. It does taste like a sugar free monster. Again, we're recording at like 8:30. On Thursday night, I have no issues with drinking four of these 6% nice little <laughs> sweet drinks. Like, I mean, right off the bat, uh, John, the ones that you got you got as a sample yeah. working at your store, I bought the case of these. Uh, I think it's 12-back case because there's three of each of the four flavors, $20. Okay, I think we sell it for... Eighteen ninety nine. So Florida usually is kind of uh, a couple bucks more, but yeah, not, not bad. Like this, I think will be a good fridge filler. Like get home from work, uh, want to sit down and like read some comics, grab something cold to drink. Like this will be fine for that. Yeah, and there's those different like. I know the reason you would drink them is because there's you're mixing the alcohol with the caffeine, but like some of those cocktails that use like Red Bull or this or that, like I could see this working well with like a shot of booze in it. Hmm. Indeed, Paul. Mm. I am drinking? not drinking because I have not seen this yet. Uh, you at also a store. Do. Also but I also didn't look because I didn't it. go to any store that <laughs> sold alcohol. Uh, but I'm drinking something that I picked up uh, back on my birthday. And this is a uh, Wayland's Wayland's Brewing Company, new uh, brewery that opened up here in Orchard Park, because that's what we're known for here on the Bagmorecast. Normally, Chris is the one that goes out to a local brewery and brings it back and talks about it on the show. Since you guys uh, are doing the fun, monster stuff. In fact, the other day, Yanni went out with one of her friends and she asked that they stop by Sideward because she got me two four packs of new beers. And she's like, for the show. And it's like, oh, great, thanks. And then the next day, John was like, oh, we're going to do these. <laughs> well, I didn't Sorry, say or that <laughs> beer that Yanni got you out into the, no. into the sink. I just said I was going to drink these. Oh, I mean, as soon as you put that up there. <laughs> No, but I, I have backup beers for uh, for later or next time if we want to do something else. This has been uh, been on my shelf for a while because I haven't been drinking. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have one tonight. And this is uh, their Super Deluxe, and this is their Indian uh, Pale Ale. And this is good. It's very juicy. It's uh, not as soft as that IPA that we had when you were up Chris for that uh, beer, but it is on the softer side. Mm. It is a nice round, mellow, nice juicy flavor to it. Uh, what is the ABV? Twelve, uh, six point two, six point two percent alcohol by value. Oh, Twelve scans. That's a higher ABV than the the Monster Beasts. <laughs> I think this is Mister. I'm decent. not drinking. Wow. Yeah, I'm having one. This is a uh, so yeah. I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's Pretty darn good. Is it enough to me to make a specific drive out to there? No, but if I'm in the area, maybe I'll stop in, grab it from the shelf, stand in a ridiculously long line, and then buy it. Because hmm. I no. don't think they're distributing it anywhere yet. Probably. I mean, they're just opened like yeah. within like the last month. So 
But yeah, uh, it opened up uh, basically the week before my birthday. So. I have to see if my mom's gone out there yet. I don't know if she's checked it out, but I mean, she lives in Orchard Park, so it's mm-hmm. close by. Like, I think it's probably a similar drive to Hamburg. Yeah, it's probably just as far from your mom. Like, I think we're kind of equidistant because of how you would get there. Gotcha. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a good. It's a. I kind of talked about the uh, the locale with John. Uh, you know, it's set up in a German brew hall kind of stay, a brewery hall kind of thing. There's really long tables. Um, they do have a nice beer garden, but it's like with that pebble stone, which I don't really enjoy. I just don't find it comfortable on my feet. Not that I'm barefoot, but even through shoes and everything. Mm. You know, it's in Schultz's shoe, and you're like, hmm, pebbles. I don't know. Uh, it's nice. It's uh, it gets really loud because it's so just wood. It's like, it looks glass. open too. Yeah, and open. So just normal conversations that are happening are just you know, it be, it's just there's nothing to deaden the sound in there. So, but it, I think it's a decent spot. Uh, I might try it again. Again, now that it's been open for a few weeks and maybe the crowd, you know, the crowds that just want to try it have died down. Uh, next time I come <laughs> up, that's on my list of places to go because yeah. it looks cool. But something that won't be on our list to head us into our Week in Geek. Uh, starting off with our summer movie blockbuster bracket buster update. When we did our original picks for the the bracket, we included Marvel's the Marvels in this list. Uh, since we had done that, Marvels has actually been pushed back to a November release. So as to not completely draw out the summer movie blockbuster bracket buster into holiday time. Uh, we have called an audible and replaced the Marvels on the bracket with the haunted mansion, which was actually originally on the bracket, but we took it off because I had neglected the fact that uh, mission impossible was coming out. Yeah. Dead right. Kening. So we talked about Get it a little wrecked. bit. Get wrecked. We talked about it over chat. I just want to make sure that we're still locked in. This does not impact any of our brackets because, John, for you, you had the Marvels going up against the Flash. You are still going to keep the Flash moving past Haunted Mansion, correct? Correct. Locked into it. Okay. And then, Paul, you had the Marvels going up against the Flash and beating it. Do you keep Haunted Mansion surpassing the Flash? I have... No, I had the... The Marvels versus oh, this the is Flash, mine. I'm sorry. I the Flash. I clicked on my tab. Um, I have the Marvels beating the And Flash. I was thinking about, ooh. Because I'm going to pick Haunted Mansion over the Flash still. This does not change my bracket. Okay. I, see, the, the thing is, I want the Haunted Mansion to be so good that it would beat the Flash. But I think there's just been so much buzz. And we also had leaked rumors, uh, leaked cameos from the flash we're not going to talk about it because i don't want to spoil anybody because i got spoiled and i don't like it uh, i have not actually even seen what this uh leak is so i i'm thank you for not okay. for spoiling it because i've kind so of look out so i've the point of everything i need to know about the flash i already knew yeah. so i don't have to like see uh, this anything is about just it. me scrolling through like the uh news news feed on my google account and like it popping up and I'm like just in the headline and I'm like, come on. Um, Vanity fair or whoever posted it. No, I'm going to pick, I still think the flash is going to have a bigger opening weekend. I think it's just going to 
versus the Haunted Mansion, unfortunately. Uh, this will change a little bit for me, though, because for the next matchup, it was Indiana Jones versus the uh, Oppenheimer. I have Oppenheimer moving ahead. I had the Marvels over Oppenheimer. I think I will now be changing that to Oppenheimer beating Haunted Mansion, though. Okay, and then who if, do you have? Uh, so Oppenheimer versus who's that? Do you have Dungeons & Dragons? I had Dungeons & Dragons moving ahead. So and, That is... That is I Dungeons don't know. Like, Dragons did okay, but Dungeons now I'm and Dragons thinking, did really well. But Oppenheimer, I it's a I very niche movie, I think. Yeah. And I think uh, Christopher Nolan maybe burned a little bit of like the goodwill he had with Tenet because a lot of people just didn't like it. I still haven't seen it. I so. still haven't heard it. That's a joke that I get because I heard <clears throat> reviews of Tenet. But yeah, uh, I really liked Tenet. I thought it was great. Just just something to uh, discuss and consider that it did change some of our brackets a little bit then. And it will be something that we will have to talk about when it comes out, because we did get another Haunted Mansion trailer last week, I think it was. Or maybe it's two weeks ago now. It looks really good. And it looks super creepy. And I'm sure it's not the movie we would have gotten when Guillermo del Toro was doing it. But it seems like the bones are there. Yes, Paul's yep. Paul's deep in thought. He's looking at more uh, flash spoilers. So on to the actual proper bracket, because we did have Fast X come out this past weekend. Uh, Fast X opening domestically with $67 million, which not it's as much 10, as actually. It's, it's Fast 10, though. Yeah, it's the, it's the 10th Fast and the Furious okay. movie. Fast X. Um, <laughs> uh down from Fast 9, whatever that one was called, which opened up with like $98 million, because I did look into that just to see. The only ones that it beats is Fast 1, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift. It would beat out Hobbs and Shaw just barely. Mm, interesting. So it's so every movie since Fast, uh, Tokyo Drift has beat, had, had a larger opening for the Fast and Furious franchise. Thank you. It it is surprising because people do seem to like those movies, but those move, the movies have gotten so beyond themselves that they've had to outdo stuff that they've gotten. So like silly that I think that people aren't like, Oh yeah, I'll see it. I'll just, they're more, more inclined to just wait for it to come out on streaming. I would see. I would think the spectacle of it, you'd want to see it on the big screen because it's the, you know, the big over-the-top action. <clears throat> it's like, dude, I could see a guy jump from building to building, but I want to see a car do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so big. Yeah, I see yeah. a guy jump out of a spacecraft, you know, out of a, out of a, you know, near-orbit uh, plane, but I want to see a car do it. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, that's an ongoing discussion that we've been having, too, just with media and the streaming platforms and how the movie-going experience has changed. But I think if I was into the Fast and the Furious movies, I would probably want to see this in theaters because it is like a big, dumb, fun action movie. Like, it's it's made for the big screen. 
yes, but these movies also have been coming out for like 20 years. True. So those people who have gotten through and been hyped for them are now like 40. 40 <laughs> you know so they're probably a lot less like likely to be like yeah let's go vin diesel that they probably were like it's kind of a meme now you know family yeah. Yeah. but i heard this is like almost a direct sequel to the fifth one so you know it just makes oh we're gonna have to Stay tuned, guys. We're going to have to do the uh of Furious Great Marvel. I have the box set of the first nine. But interesting is this is actually going to be the quickest matchup that we have because this is actually going up against The Little Mermaid, which is coming out as we speak. Like, it released today. So uh, next episode, 525, we're going to have our first actual... Like, head-to-head, like, hey, who's moving on in the bracket? So that's kind of fun. And then the next movie after that is actually going to be Across the Spider-Verse, which comes out the week after, June 2nd, which John might not be on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, My wife is scheduled uh, to be induced on Friday, so... We might be able to get one more show in and then a couple, maybe a couple of weeks off before I can uh, hop back on for the show. But John, did he fill out your paperwork with HR for your oh, yeah. fraternity leave? OK, good. Oh, yeah. I had that done um, like a month and a half ago. Yeah, but Chris and, and I haven't I... signed off on it yet. So <laughs> oh, oh, are oh. you sure that you got your paperwork in with HR? Oh, are because... you going to you going to you going to pay me some money? <laughs> you guys going to give me some money? <laughs> Give me money! Hey, it's a joke for only us. (laughs) You're you've known ever since we started this. You're for you're you're a participating profit partner. As soon as we make profit, then you get to participate in that profit. Until then, (laughs) we're an LLC. And until then, we got some other news to talk about, Uh, Paul. Sorry, I, I wrote down my notes and they're a little bit scribbly. Uh, why don't you tell me about this new Disney Plus Purge movie that's happening? And I'm just surprised that Disney's teaming up with the Purge. Uh, well, it's a little bit different. It's uh, it's both Disney Plus and Hulu are taking a page out of the HBO playbook and uh, taking oh, they're things- just going by Plus now. <laughs> yeah, Hulu going- becoming Lou. Lou. Uh, things are ending up in the loo, uh, they're, and they're flushing it uh, down from their service. They're uh, taking uh, some of the original content made for the services and removing them from the streaming platforms. Uh, things like Willow, which I hurried up and binged before it leaves tomorrow. We're recording oh, this tomorrow? on the 25th. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to need to watch that then, because that's one of the ones that I was like, oh, I need I need to watch that. So I'll probably yeah. do it tonight after we uh It's eight episodes. Up. About an hour along each. So mm. strap That'll in. work until noon tomorrow. It's fine. It's fine. I've got all these monsters to keep me awake. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I think that there were some good episodes and then some really, you know, some. It was good and bad. You know, it was hit or miss, the episodes. I'm happy to have seen it. It makes me incredibly sad that it's going to just be gone. Um, there are rumors that in... It knowing that the writer strike can go on for over a hundred days, uh, we're in our third week or fourth week, third week, uh, third week, 
third week of the writer's strike. Two weeks since I fell off a ladder. So I'm allowed to heal, John. <laughs> I'm allowed to give myself some time. Uh, I just like it's like uh, I'm not going to I'm only going to have one beer because I am still healing. And I was like, from the ladder you fell off of? Yeah, onto concrete. Have you, you seen said, my elbow? I, I you should send me a picture of your butt. So I've seen that. <laughs> oh, healing. Still healing. It's gonna scar up real nice. Um, mm. But anyways, uh, yeah, they're uh, doll face on Hulu. Basically, stuff that cheaper by the dozen. The new movie um, created Star Girl on Disney Plus, but basically made for Disney Plus content or Hulu content. Uh, it are, is being removed. The rumor is that maybe it'll be removed from the site just so it's not they're not contemplating paying for the licensing or the you know royalties, but they'll later license that those shows out to other services like your freebies or your crackles or your Tubi. Hmm? Tubi. 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 It's places like that. That way those places can say now new on Tubi. For the first time on Tubi and have a limited release and then Disney would get the licensing fees uh, recuperated for that. Or there's some cynicals out there like me that say, hey, the writer strike might go on for a long time. They'll pull it off of Disney Plus and then, hey, brand new to ABC mm-hmm. during the writer, you know, during sweeps, during the, you know, what would be normally, you know, you know the November opening week, brand new premieres. They could start rolling this stuff as quote unquote premieres on television. And that was something that had been not discussed, but kind of brought up in an interview with. uh, I don't know if it was Bob Iger or Bob Chapek, but they had mentioned like something was like, well, it is possible that some of this programming could find its way to different networks or terrestrial television. And I think some of the stuff that they are pulling off of here, it's. Like you said, cheaper by the dozen, 2022. That Artemis Fall movie that never actually came out in theaters and was shuffled off to Disney Plus. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Like, there's a lot of. That's two all, seasons. So, of all the stuff that's coming off, the only ones that I actually watched were. Um, I like Star Girl. Earth to Ned because it was like a Muppet talk show, and I was interested in that. So I watched all that. A lot of fun. Dug it. Um, the world Disney, according to uh, what's his name? Uh, world according to Jeff Goldblum. I watched the first season of that. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I watched the Disney fairy tale weddings just because I'd like to see the excess yeah. that people I like, saw that well. in. Yeah. Um, I probably will watch Howard. That is the documentary about Howard Ashman, uh, one of the composers behind basically oh. all the songs that you love about Disney. They announced that that was one that was coming off, but then. That's the one that's kind of safe. They said, like, no, we're going to leave that one on there, which is smart because he did the music for The Little Mermaid, which is coming out this week, as we said. Is he also is uh, I'm going to sound rude here. Is he the one that passed away? Yes. So in Pride Month is next is like a week away, right? Yeah. And he's he he is uh, he was because he passed. He was a gay art, a gay man. Right. Right. So let's not pull it. Right before Pride, Month. they they could still wind up pulling it eventually, but yeah. for now it's it's not going to yeah. come off. But I don't think there's anything here that they can then be like, oh, because you demanded it, it's coming back. Like 
No, I, 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 I did enjoy World According to Jeff Goldblum, but every episode of it was basically just him walking into a room and the person would be like, yeah, I, I make jeans and him be like, oh, wow. And you make the denim. Oh, feel it. Oh, wow. It was all of that. But, you know, it's it was good. Just like have it on in the background, like meal prep TV. Like, it's fine. But that's why I never watched the second season. Um, I thought Stargirl was really cute coming of age. Yeah, um, I like Stargirl. Girl. I told you I told you you'd like Stargirl. When yeah, I saw I, it, I'm talking about the Disney Plus show, not the CW oh. television show. But this is, I mean, the dangers of stuff being only on streaming, because, like, this isn't something that you probably have on DVD or Blu-ray or VHS. Like, it's not something that you taped off of yeah. your actual TV because you're like, oh, it's movie night. Let me uh, record this. Like, Listen, everybody... Like, Everybody on this podcast, like their version of their first copy of Star Wars was a taped version off of a television series. My no, right? my first copy of Star Wars was when they put it out on the uh, VHS box set. Oh, the black one with the TIE like fighter the, on the side? No, it was the, the, um, the special edition one with like the gold oh. slipcase. Oh, the gold. We didn't, okay. We didn't own it. I had it, the like, one before it. I bought that. Um but my copy of Back to the Future was taped off of like WIVB. Like, no, it was yeah. like Channel 4. Like, you had oh, to yeah. like get past like the commercials because like they just recorded all of that. Like, I remember vividly the commercial for the uh, Burger King Muppets, uh, Muppet Baby Christmas Carol plush being on that because it was one of those things that was like, I have those. Like, uh, um, that's in my like Star Wars. Uh, when I saw the uh, special editions for the first time, like I thought there was added scenes just because I always had the TV cut where they took out some scenes just to make it, you know, snappier and get to those commercials. So I'm like, oh, extra scene here. Hey. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I So it makes me want to like I have HDMI and uh, HDMI. Um, a splitter to a USB. So I could probably set up fairly easy a media recorder for in, you know, as I'm streaming things, record them uh, and, and basically save things that way. Uh, much but, like a, the old VHS. Oh yeah. I, I don't think there's anything here that. I would like to watch Willow again someday, you know? I mean, but you, you who knows? You might be able to, because it could always come yeah. back. It could be released on Blu-ray now that it would be coming off, and then they could just get the, like, physical media <clears throat> out there. Like, who, who knows? Like, we're in uncharted waters at this point. Yeah. The thing is, with terrestrial TV and VCRs, like, if it came on TV, it was in your TV guide, it was in the gusto here locally, or whatever... You know, you would you'd highlight it to be like, oh, we're watching that. We're getting, the, you know, we're getting our blank tape ready and we're recording like now we've oh, it'll always be there. It'll always be there now, knowing that things might go away. It makes me want to makes me, you know, nostalgic for VHS tapes and being able to be like, oh, I'm going to record it while I'm watching it. Yeah, 
And and the same aspect too is like you told me last week that Willow was coming off in a week. Mm-hmm. And I still just didn't get around to watching Willow. And I watched like a I watched the first episode. I it didn't I didn't I didn't love it enough mm-hmm. to be like, well, I should finish that, you know. I liked it enough. I thought the first four episodes were this probably the strongest episodes. And then the last episode was okay. Like it was a good ending to it. And then, of course, there's a stinger to make you hope for a second one, second season. But now knowing what I knew now before I even started to get it, I'm like, well, that's not happening. All right. Was there anything other streaming news, Chris? There was uh, a new service launched. It's called Uh, Max. Old old service, new name, because, yeah, HBO Max has relaunched as Max. But by launching, they basically just fell flat because we – wanted to watch uh last of us because we still haven't finished that up so like the other night we're like oh let's let's finish it off uh we could not watch it because the app just was not working because everything was broken with the relaunch what i think is funny is all they did was take hbo off of it right no they they changed uh they added because they were merging in the discovery streaming service as well so it's an actual new streaming app so you actually did have to download a new app for it. your account was supposed to merge over and most people's did some people had a hard time logging in and also there were things like instead of like in the credits for the show in the show information instead of it being director martin <clears throat> scorsese producer so and so it was just listed creators and it would be like and it didn't there was no rhyme or reason to who was like the first person that was listed under creators. Like it could have been like one of the writers and then Martin Scorsese and then, you know, the producer and then you know, it was all over the place. Like it was just creators. And then, uh, yeah. And they said, uh, that was just an oversight and error and that it will be fixed soon <laughs> to actually give people credit because that's an actual, uh, guild and like, uh, union. Like rule, like they can't just be listed like that. They have to be called out if you're going to give credit. But why do a whole new app? Because they had to merge the Discovery Plus app with the HBO Max app. But you take the Discovery Plus stuff, you put it on your HBO Max app. It already had a bunch of Discovery stuff on it. I don't know. John, but now they just to call it. Well, well, why didn't they do that, John? Well, you look that up for us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why are you asking me? You're, you know everything. You got you knew all the stuff about the creator stuff. Uh, it's, it's probably because it's probably because HBO Max was running on Windows 11, right? And Discovery Plus was probably still running on Vista. On Vista, and you can't just you can't just drop that stuff. You got to do a conversion. Got to upload. You got to re- reformat. What's who's the guy that took export. over? Who took over? Um, David Sasloff. Yeah. Did you guys see that he was giving some like uh, Harvard speech or whatever? And he was Boston wearing his university. He's wearing his sunglasses while he's doing it. He looks like a real prick, and he's being pricky. And then all the students started chanting, "Pay your writers! Pay your writers!" And he tries to talk through it, and then he's just like, 
I'm a miserable fuck. I'm just going to sit here. That's good. Apparently, apparently there's a documentary about the 100 years of uh, Warner Brothers, and he's like all over it. And everybody's like, dude, you just showed up in the last two minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Chris, did you have anything other than it not working no, for you? Like, no, nope. nothing else. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, some interesting news. Image Comics uh, leaving Diamond Distributing and moving over to Lunar Distributing. Uh, so now your image books will be coming a day early with your DC books. Who's DC with? Lunar as well, aren't they? I don't know, honestly. I think they're with they're with Lunar as well. That I'm almost positive of. I'm not sure. I I think it is good that Diamond's no longer just like the monopoly distributor for a lot of stuff, but also it makes it very difficult to track and keep an eye on stuff because it used to be like, okay, when I would pre-order all of my books, I would just get the Diamond Publishing previous book. Everything was in there. And then when I started to set up my subscription box at my comic book store, previews is still a thing. Like, it's still there, but now it's just all the indie publishers. But then I would need a second catalog for the Marvel stuff, and then a third one for DC, because they were all using different distributors, and I'm not sure how much work goes into it, but I can see this also being difficult for stores, because now Monday or Tuesday, however, like the shipments get delivered, now they have to have someone there stocking those shelves just for those books, and then Wednesday, someone else is coming in to stock those other comic books. It seems like it's just making it more difficult for the stores because now they have to have like those extra hours allocated for clearing shelves, stocking shelves that maybe before they wouldn't need to. And again, it's image. It's not like a DC or Marvel, but they're, they're a big publisher. Like they have a lot of books that come out. They have fans. I mean, most like I'd say probably a third of the books I buy are image comics now, you know, well, that's, that's because you're a super massive fan. I am. I just picked that up today. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> uh, DC is part of Lunar. So Lunar or uh, DC mm. and Image are going to be the distributor's largest periodicals they are distributing. Did they? No, this is probably a question that I, I would have to look up, and maybe it's just not known. Because the major issue with the I mean, distributing and with the comic book shops is that they couldn't return unsold products like normal magazines hey if these periodicals don't sell they can get returned a lot of that is through the publishers though okay so it's still publisher okay so i was wondering no uh, because that was one of the things that when we were going to don's like i had actually talked to him about because there was things that he had to buy in order to get like something else but then those books were non-returnable because it's it was, it's called pulping because they would basically just have to like tear the covers off and send those back to show that like yes this book is no longer sellable. Here here's here's the proof of it. Nice. Yeah. John, you have a uh, news about someone else teaming up with someone else again. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Acquisitions boy over here. Yeah. So we have uh 
FX Matt Brewing, uh, which is known for making Utica Club, uh, Saranac Brewery, um, and they own a couple other breweries. Uh, local brewery for us here in Buffalo is Flying Bison. Uh, they just acquired uh, Flying Dog uh, Brewery out of uh, Maryland and formerly out of Colorado, uh, which is a pretty big, um, pretty big for them. Um, they um, are going to be shutting down the brewing facility and opening up a new facility brew pub in Maryland for Flying Dog. But Saranac FX Mats had already been brewing almost all of their beers anyways for them for um, oh for for the their their markets. So it was actually pretty easy for them to just be like, yeah, we already make all the beer for them. Like, we'll we'll do this. Um, which also is interesting is FX Mats was brewing um, all of Brooklyn breweries beers and ended up selling them a 20% stake of FX Matt just in a weird collaboration between them for for making the beer um so it's kind of interesting that <clears throat> co-owned by Brooklyn also now owning this also owning some other breweries uh so yeah kind of interesting now, does that mean that Brooklyn will start uh, reproducing uh, Sriracha Ace? Probably not. Uh, I don't think that beer was that successful for him. That's too bad. One of my favorite beers. It was good. Uh, their uh, Green Monster Barley Wine, also an amazing barley wine. And it was great. It was like a four-pack for like 10 bucks. It was amazing. No. Uh but before we wrap up, uh, we have some sad news. Uh, Tina Turner passing away. Um, but the, the big thing that matters. Well, she's to me, beyond the Thunderdome now. Yes. Uh, uh, was uh, Ray Stevenson um, passing away. Which I had one more joke. Go, go uh, ahead. She, I needs have... a he- she needs a hero for a pallbearer. Somebody to carry her to the edge of the night. She needs a hero. You still okay. happy? Anyway. Still happy with that one? Nope. Nope. Shouldn't have interrupted. No, so go <laughs> I, I, I had some references I wanted to make too. I, um, okay, go ahead. I was also going to go with a Barter Town reference too. Um, I was going to go. I mean, at least she, you know, made Mary proud. Okay. She's um, keeping. She's keeping on rolling. I'm sure. I'm sure she went doing what she loves, just being a private dancer. Dancing for money. Did anybody tell Tony Danza? Because that's the whole joke that some people hear it as. You're my Tony Danza. I did not know that. Um, Also, on her IMDb, I completely blanked on this, and I need to rewatch this movie, so this is a me thing. She was the mayor in The Last Action Hero, which is a great movie that (laughs) more people need to be into. But yeah. Also, Ray Stevenson, Ahsoka's coming out this year, and he looks like he's going to be badass in that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, Ray Stevenson also, like, he voiced uh, Gar Saxton in Clone Wars, uh, Firefly in in G.I. Joe. 
Volstag in the Thor movies. Then he was also the Punisher in Punisher Two. Warzone. I don't remember Warzone. Thank you. I can remember which I, I I like both of those Punisher movies. Like neither one of them is great, but Warzone was was solid. Yeah, it was great uh, in Rome. I was going to say I never saw Rome. Rome was, was one of those shows that that's the first time I took notice of him. And from there on, it was like, oh, this has got Ray Stevenson in it. I'll watch it. Like he just uh, was one of those people I just liked. He played a great heavy. He could be funny. He could be um, a scoundrel. Like he could play just about anything. And um, I like that he is part of a lot of pop culture. Um, and it's sad to see him go uh, fairly young. Yeah, he was like 50 something. 58. Yeah. yeah. Guys, it's it's 18 years older than us. Ugh. He's done so much more in his life. <laughs> oh, there's also another uh, the Three Musketeers movie, which I really dug. Like the Disney one? Yeah, uh, 2011. It was uh, yeah, tw- the Disney one. Wait, 2011? I'm thinking oh, no, of the that's 99. A different one. No, like no the okay, this is a different one. Yeah, I just clicked the on the one with Charlie Sheen. The one with Chris O'Donnell. Maybe Charlie Sheen's in it. No, yeah. Uh, this one has Orlando Bloom, Luke Evans. So this is the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. Tim Roth yeah. is in it too, right, Chris? No. 1993 oh, that, is the one I'm thinking of. That might be the one that Paul's thinking of. Anyways, hey. It had, yeah, Charlie Sheen, Keith but, Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt, Tim Curry. But not Ray Stevenson, who Chris wants to cheers right now. Yeah, because I'm trying to move it along. <laughs> We've been talking an hour now. But hey. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Cheers. And Tina Turner. And Tina Turner. And Chris, I don't know about you, but I am loving this beast unleashed. The white. Uh, it's haze. called. It's called white haze. Doesn't smell hazy though. It doesn't smell hazy. I mean, I mean, you can kind of tell it's hazy. Uh, the weird thing about this is it's a textured can. Versus the other cans not being textured. So I will say the actual energy drink version of this one also comes like on a white and blue can. It's also textured. textured. And this tastes exactly like that energy drink does. So if you don't have an energy drink that you gravitate towards, if you're like, oh, I need something just to give me that kick through, you might like, I don't, it's like Arctic Frost or what something. I don't know. That's a Gatorade. It's not called that. But, you know, the white and blue can monster, it literally tastes exactly like this. This is a one for one. This is delicious. It's citrusy. It's like if you mix citrus and blue raspberry together. It's like a like grapefruity. Yeah, I love it. This is great. This is a good one. I like it. Paul, do you have your other drink ready to go or are you holding yeah, off I, until? I, I do. It's the uh, from Athletic Brewing Company, you know, one of the non-alcoholic beer uh, brews that I tend to uh, order from. This is their orange Schwartz beer. And this has a nice orange flavor up front, kind of um, malty on the back, not dark. It's and an orange is... flavored Schwartz beer? Yep. Like a dark chocolate, like dark chocolate. Like a, yeah, it's like, trying to be like, like orange, orange, dark flavored. orange chocolate. Is. Yeah, like an orange. It's really like an orange good. Pop it's up front, orange black lager. Yeah, but um, it's just malty. That. It's not like black lagery. You know, it's just a non-alcoholic. 
malt bomb on the back end with orange up front. The orange up front is good. Uh, once you settle in, there's a problem with non-alcoholic beers is that first taste, like there's something just so off about it. Just it, you kind of got to get through it and then you get acclimated and then it tastes all right. And it's not great. It's just, yeah, get acclimated, you know, uh, this I is never part of the pilot my, program. I never did is, my uh, non-alcoholic beer night. Something I wanted to do, but it, I never did it. That's okay, bud. Uh, it's, you definitely don't do it for health reasons because, you know, they're full of calories. So it's not like you're saving anything, really, other than your liver. Um, this is okay. Uh, this is part of their pilot program, something that they just uh, will throw out a different Something that's not going to be on store shelves, something you got to order directly from the brewery. So, uh, yeah, it's okay. Happy to have tried it. Happy that it's in my fridge for when I want to drink something but not drink. Um, Again, am I better off just getting seltzer water? Probably. A lot cheaper. Easier. Also, I can get that in orange flavor. (laughs) You know? So, but... You know, sometimes he it's not close enough to a beer to make you feel like you're drinking a beer. You know what I mean? So it's it doesn't scratch that itch enough. That's all I'm saying. But you keep going back to him. I keep on trying them because, you know, I see something like a and then orange all you do is beer. complain about him to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's called a review. <laughs> Well, what are some of the comic books that you'll be picking up this week that we might be reviewing later on in the list? Guess what, guys? There's a new Rocketeer book coming out, Ugh. so we got to give it a shot. Do we, <laughs> though? Now you'll say, Paul, but you never <clears throat> stick with them. Well, this is a perfect opportunity to jump on because this is a one-shot. Perfect. This is the Rocketeer one-shot coming out from uh, the – from uh who's is is it's it's idw it's not image it's idw publishing uh and the reason why john brought this to my attention is like paul the writers from the film that you love the rocketeer are writing one of the stories and i'm like perfect are they writing a story about the rocketeer no they're writing a story about amelia Earhart. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the I think Danny it's Bilson. Amelia Earhart with the Rocketeer. I think the Rocketeer well, is part of the story. I'm hoping it's not in the public. It's not in the solicitation that way. But we got Danny Bilson and uh, Paul DeMeo uh, writing again. So an illustrator, Adam Hughes, is Ooh. is doing the art. So you know, look forward to everything being uh, light boxed. It'll be great. And then I, I feel like Adam Hughes, a little like light boxy, but it's not as bad as like a Greg Lad. Like mm-hmm. Adam Hughes still has some like expression and fun in his artwork that's just lacking from other light box heroes. I'm trying to find this one. Yeah, okay, there's Rocketeer. Uh, then there's going to be two other stories. One written by uh, Robert Windham. Uh, with art by Jay Lee, which is going to be great because we love Jay Lee. Yeah. Uh, and then third story is going to be Calvin Mayo and drawn uh, by Craig Kermick. 
Cermak. Cermak. So, and that's going to be a fun one because that's going to be a date issue between Betty and Cliff. Cliff Seaborn. So, hmm. interesting. I don't know. This one could be better than the 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 race one. I don't yeah, remember the what the actual title is. Yeah. We've we've the tried to read. We've probably read three <clears throat> of these books over the fourteen years that we've done this show. Oh, well, we just fond memories of the Rocketeer, though. Like it's just oh, one we of love those the Rocketeer. Things. That's why I have no problem. Like this was my number two pick. And the reason it wasn't my number one pick is I was like, oh, Paul probably fixed this. And then Paul was like, hmm, I wonder what's here. I was like, uh, did you check out the rockets here? Didn't um, get that far yet. So, yeah. Do you, mind, was... if, do you mind if I jump in here? No, go, go for it, Chris. Chris, uh, Chris wait, no, Chris. Chris, uh, what are you looking forward to? Oh, oh, thanks for throwing it to me. Because um, I was just doing a little bit of looking up stuff while you were talking, Paul. And... Craig Cermak, Kermak, however, the, his last name is pronounced, actually did some work on Dynamite Comics' uh, Elvira oh. comic book. And I'm actually looking forward to picking up issue number one of Elvira in Monsterland. Um, Yanni loves Cassandra Peterson and her character of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And Dynamite has consistently put out Elvira one-shots and miniseries. And when we first started going to our comic book store, while we were walking around, it's kind of one of those, like, hey, like, if you see a book you want to pick up, grab it. Like, throw it on a stack, that's fine. And Yanni started buying the Elvira in Horrorland miniseries, which was... Sorry, cat's crying again. Uh, which was Elvira traveling through different like horror movies and you know legally different enough from alien <laughs> or the fly or nightmare on elm street to still be published and not get sued uh she really enjoyed it and they're doing a new miniseries now which is elvira and monsterline where each issue is going to be her teaming up or fighting different monsters and the first issue is all dracula's Literally, like, the cover for it is Elvira, just with every iteration of Dracula that you can think of. Uh, it even has the Count from Sesame Street on there. Uh, these books are fun, and it's something that keeps my significant other interested in comic books. And she gets excited when we go into the store and she sees that new Elvira comic on the shelf, and she runs over, like, Picks up and then like she walks it over to me and then she puts it on top of the stack of comics that I'm already walking around with. So uh, this is a book for us. It's fun. Uh, did she watch the like the 80s movie? She did. Yes. Which I watched that movie and I probably should not have watched it at that age. But that's things. That's saying uh, sexual <laughs> awakening. But I did not realize boobs could spin things. <laughs> Uh, John, yeah. what, what what book are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad Kills Arkham Asylum number one. When I picked this book, I did not realize it was a prequel tie-in to the uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. Um, but I saw it was a Suicide Squad book with uh, Arkham Asylum. But the reason I'm picking this is uh, the writer... John Lehman, uh, 
who's known for writing Chew, um, which I enjoyed the first couple trades of that book. Um, and I thought, oh, his sensibility with what he did with Chew with the Suicide Squad might be a lot of fun. Is Chew the book about the health food inspector that was like solving murders? Yeah, because if he t- took a bite of something, he could figure out how it died and everything. I I heard that was really good. I never read that book. Yeah. Yeah, I read oh. the first couple first couple trades. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I would lend them to you, but they got ruined in the flood. Oh, the flood. Interesting. Uh, so, will you be playing the Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League game when that comes out? I would like to. Most likely, uh, I will not buy it right away. But when it goes on sale or is free, I will. Interesting. Interesting. And you know what else is free? Talking about our next drink or dramatic reading. I don't know where you want to go next. Uh, Why don't we do dramatic reading? Because that'll be pretty quick. And now... A dramatic reading for Black Cloak, number one, page 32, panel five. That was a dramatic reading from Black Cloak, number one, page 32, panel five. Well done. Super cute. Thanks. I don't remember that in the book. Uh, I don't either. (laughs) It was your book. You picked that like a few months ago. If you want to see the panel we're talking about, go over to our Instagram, Bag and Board. We put all these panels up so you can see what we are bringing to life. <laughs> don't don't remember much. But you know what I do remember? The faces you were making as you were trying the next uh, Monster Beast. Hey, Scary Berries. Scary Berries, pretty good. Uh, I definitely like this better than Mean Green. Yeah, it's a nice berry sweetness, a berry tart. It still has that that kind of aspartame fake sweetener on it. Yeah. Um, But this is pretty good. I like it. I think both the other flavors we've had, I like more than the the original flavor. Original flavor is my least favorite. Of the actual Monster Energy drinks, too. So I'm not surprised by any of this. Yeah. Um, no, I I really like this. Um, I have to say, like, White Haze is definitely the best flavor. Um, and I would hands down drink again. I don't know if I would actively seek it out. But I think if I was going somewhere and they had, because these are also sold in, like, the 19.2, like, big tall guys, the stovepipe cans. If I was going somewhere and was like, eh, I'll just bring that and drink that for the like hot summer afternoon or whatever. If you were going to place, go someplace that you were going to just be playing lawn games all day. Yeah. That would be, that would uh, be the move. If Paul invited me to go play uh disc golf with him, oh. which uh, he's never done. Um, and I won't have any time this summer to do it so don't bother asking me uh i would bring one of those like it would be just a nice like fun drinking thing and people also go like oh that guy's just drinking a monster it's okay 
But it's really? a little secret. I'm getting ripped. <laughs> I'm unleashing a beast. Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> I'm a little boy putting monsters out there. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, Paul doesn't get it. We're we're oh. getting silly. <laughs> I I do like scary berries though. In, in summation, probably my uh my third favorite of the flavors so far. Your third favorite? So you like the green better than this? Oh no! Wait, second favorite because the white haze. Yeah. This one then the yeah. The green. Yes, the third one we've had. Second favorite. Okay. I have centered myself now. Sorry, we got a little bit too silly there for a minute. <laughs> too silly. Too silly. Lost sight. So, uh, what? So, for the main topic, guys. Yeah, guys. We're doing our favorite pop culture vehicles. Yes. All right. Those cars that when you watch a movie, TV show, play a video game, you see it and you're just like, oh, yeah. That one. Um, this was in the episode hopper for a while, mm-hmm. but I will say last week, Yanni and I went to Universal Studios and at the AMC cinema outside in CityWalk, they did have two of the cars from Fast and the Furious, Fast X outside. And one of them, I was like, that's Dom's car. I recognize it. The other one, I was like, that's somebody's. I do not know that car. Um, and as someone that's only seen one of the movies, which one? It was a cool scene. Uh, too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, really? No, no, wait, no. The one with Eva Mendes. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift was oh, the one that I saw. Sorry. The third one. Okay. I thought it was the second one, that, and that's why I thought it was Too Fast, Too Furious. Did he yeah. know that? Uh... The one with the Hulk car. Chris, the third one, uh, Tokyo Drift, is actually the sequel to the sixth movie. That's just wild. <laughs> That's right. They flash forwarded three movies ahead. Because I, so I know originally it was wasn't thought up to just be like a big long. Narrative, and they were just going to be like, "Oh, it's a Fast and the Furious movie." Like, they're all just kind of like standalone movies, but they're all going to be somehow about cars. But then they quickly realized, like, "Oh," and Paul Walker, a, a narrative thread through them all will, will probably get us further, uh, which I mean, definitely worked out for them. Uh, sorry, I'm just going through my photos. I'm trying to find the picture of the car. There it is. I'm going to send it to you boys. I'll also put it up on our Instagram, because why not? Internet's free. I've got the the space for it. Um, yeah. I will throw it over to Paul first. Paul, your favorite pop culture vehicles. And again, we'll, we can do yeah. like a few of these. This like, is there's... probably the vehicle that I was the most uh, in love with as a kid. Uh, into definitely into my uh, teens. This is the one that you know. If I was going to go out and like buy the 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 vehicle, this is the one I kind of would want. Granted, this kind of lifestyle I wouldn't be able to pull off any more than now that I'm in my 40s. But man, 
I kind of wish I could have rolled around with all my friends, just going from town to town together, solving mysteries. Okay. I thought you were going to say the Kia that the hamsters are driving around and dancing. <laughs> in the mystery machine. I think that's that's everybody's like first big vehicle that's recognizable that you can name. It's the Scooby-Doo mystery machine. It's written in bl- blocky bubble letters right on the side of it. The mystery machine. You know exactly what it is. When it pulls into town, you know that somebody's going to get demasked. Don't be wearing a mask when you see that sh- when that you see that van coming down. Um, and I, you know, the whole idea of just being with your friends all the time, just somehow making money. I don't know how they're paying for gas, but they are. They're I mean, gonna, they're paying they're for gonna, gas. They're also buying a lot of food because Shaggy and Scoopy are just gigantic sandwiches, like oh. ungodly amounts of toppings and meats in those sandwiches. I have made sandwiches like that before, and it is fun. It is a good time. If you ever want to feel like a little kid again, just go to the deli counter and just order like five slices of like every meat. Just like, how many do you need? Five slices. How many slices of cheese? Two of each. Just like so walk out. How long did it take you to learn to shuffle the sandwich oh, fixings together like that, a deck of cards? That is a skill that you're just born with. It's an innate, it's an innate mm, skill. Okay. You're just... Just born with it. Uh, I yeah. will say I do always get excited when I go into Universal Studios Orlando. And when you take a right and you, you start going down like their Hollywood Street, if I see the mystery machine out, I do get a little little thrill in my heart. And the area that they go on stage and off stage through is in the offload area for both the Hollywood makeup show and the Born Suntacular. So if you're ever in there just shopping around, chances are really good that the Mystery Inks gang is going to walk past you at some point. And every time they've done it, I'm always just like, that's Fred. That's Shaggy. <laughs> like, it's it's cool. I would say zoinks. You, you could say zoinks. I also think it's funny that you picked this when, of the three of us, Paul's probably the one that would be like the old man that would be unmasked. At the next <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I said do. you can't. Don't wear a mask. Put away your oh, mask. Put away your mask. <laughs> I do Pops. have on uh, one of my Pops favorite. Over uh, here. One of my favorite uh, Christmas ornaments is uh, Shaggy and Scooby. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the mystery. I machine. would have. I would have known that Paul if I allowed us to do the uh, ornaments for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he didn't scrooge it up, that's right. So, and then I'm like, okay, fun, let's just talk fact. about our favorite uh, adaptations of Scrooge. Nah, I only like Scrooged. You're fun the man that loves that. all movies, John. Yeah, but except for Scrooge movies. Screw. Oh, I, I hate Christmas movies. <laughs> fun fact about that too. I had already gone shopping and bought you guys ornaments, and then John was like, nope, don't like ornaments. They're just there. It's a thing. It's like, oh, well, we can put this ornament on the tree, I guess. Paul, I still have yours. You and I will have matching ornaments then. Thank you. Yeah, I got the uh, Christmas cutout uh, with Star Wars vehicles. A Star Wars vehicle might make my list later. But, John, let's hear about yours. I just want to say, if you were to have given me a ornament, I would keep that forever 
And but you would hate I, it because it's a thing people give you that you don't like. You're like, oh, I'm stuck at this now. This is I the would, thing that you told us. <laughs> I would hold. I would have it, and every year we would put it on, and I'd say, oh, here, uh, put the put the ornament that Chris gave me up, and then <laughs> yeah, somebody Caitlin, else do it, and then Caitlin would hang it up. I bring all the boxes up, and I bring all the boxes down, and then I bring them up again, and I do them that. Don't ask me to hang up any <laughs> Christmas things at all, because I hate it. Half of it, half of it. I don't like, I don't like taking it down. I don't mind too. putting it up. Yeah, putting it I up is fun. Taking it down. I I never put, take it down and like layer the bubble wrap in the correct order or correct way. Like I put, because I just grab an ornament and put it down. Apparently. There's there's a whole method to like oh what goes on the bottom layer versus uh, the top layer and I'm like not to take too much time away from John but Wait, we're a lot of time here yeah sorry reading of John's side luckily for us he also doesn't like pop culture vehicles so this is fine um, <laughs> uh, the secret Paul you can get like mailer bags of uh, bubble wrap where it's like its own little individual like envelope well, we, almost we have we, these large sheets of bubble wrap and we just put them down in the layer then fold it over oh next layer of ornaments folded over then next you know then we put the next sheet on top ours are basically it's like a little um almost like envelope of bubble wrap you just put one in there and you just like roll it up hmm, nice staples john your pick that was a Christmas minute with Paul and Chris. <laughs> the ba- the Board Boys. Uh, Christmas edition. If I'm going to have a, a vehicle, and this is, again, this is coming from my from childhood, Paul. I want to be able to summon my vehicle by pulling out a cool dagger and playing it as a flute. <laughs> and I'm going to summon a dragon sword that I'm going to climb inside and kick the shit out of people with. Wow. Dragon Zord from uh, yes. Mighty Morphin Power. So two things. Well, three things. First, awesome pick. Love it. Second thing, it bothered me that he could play the flute with like his metal lips through the helmet. <laughs> Third, it always bothered me that they just didn't summon the Zords at the beginning and just step on the monsters. Because why would you wait that long to use your biggest weapon? I guess I need to see Oppenheimer to know why. Um, yeah. Uh, but I forgot how much I loved the uh, Green Power Ranger and the Dragon Zord till I um, my son's gotten into them. So we've been reading like Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers together. And then um, is that the one where the Ninja Turtles get the Power Ranger abilities? They do. They, they that happens in the first one. The second volume, uh, Casey Jones goes bad. He's being mind controlled by Rita Repulsa, and he's got his own Power Ranger suit too. He's like a. That's pretty cool. Oh, I um, want you to send me a picture of that because he's a pizza ranger. Uh, and then um, uh, what's the one um. We have another. Oh, uh, the Power Rangers uh, versus Godzilla, which my I, my son got for Christmas. But in that one, like that's when my son's like, this guy's cool. I'm like, yeah, bud, that's Tommy. He's the Green Power Ranger. He's the coolest. It's got that weird vest thing that goes over. It's the the 
leadership armor. There was an episode of Power Rangers where he gave it to Jason, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's like he puts his hand on his chest, and it's like, zink. I was like, whoa. Yeah, uh, no, Tommy was always the coolest. Rest in peace, but, Jason David Frank. But then, it, but then it was just that, like, uh, man, the Dragon Zord is so cool. And you summon it with that. It comes out of the water like Godzilla. Yeah. Badass. That's super cool. You know what's super cool? Chris, your pick. Uh, my pick is probably going to be my first favorite pop culture vehicle of all time. And jumping right to number one. I, I didn't know we could do that. Well, no, like it was the first one that I ever. Oh, okay. Okay. Loved. okay. Like again, there's no there's no rankings. This is just like my first vehicle that I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it all comes back. I'm trying to think. Of, oh, fr- different framing device. Because because I want to take you back in time to mm. one of my favorite movies, mm. and. It might have been a movie I talked about earlier because it was also one of my first movies that I owned being taped off of the TV with Back to the Future. Because, guys, it's the DeLorean. Because if you're going to time travel, you might as well do it in style. Right. Got to do it with a little style. Uh, One of my all-time favorite movies. I have the license plate from the DeLorean. Hanging on my wall. I can't point at it. It's yep, too no, weird. Out of to California, this. out of time. But yeah, California, out of time. It's hanging underneath the paintings of my cats. Um, it was just such a cool-looking car, and I'm so shocked that they have not tried to make the DeLorean a thing again because they are. There's a new one. There's a new one. Is out. there really? I don't. Uh, I believe it's in the new Fast and Furious movie too. Oh, I need to go see Fast X. I'm just calling it that to bother Paul. Um, it's it's such a cool car. And in later versions, it just gets kind of weirder because it has, like, the Mr. Fusion on the back end, too. But there's just uh, something about that, that design. box on the front, too, when they're in the Old West. Again, not great. I think the time-traveling train in 3 is cooler than the DeLorean in 3. But it's also on, like, Train tracks at that point gets gets janky real fast. But just that initial, like, oh, this car has, like, the suicide doors that, like, pop up on it. So cool. Absolutely love Those it. Wing it's doors. iconic. Wing doors, sorry. Suicide doors are the ones that, like, go up and... They, like, no, they uh, open up into traffic. So you can't see the traffic coming because the door is blocking your view instead of instead of going like this they they go like that yeah Mm. Yeah. Mm, okay thank you wing doors uh just iconic though perfect Uh, i only know that because i'm on the delorean website right now (laughs) delorean.com and looking to see that i could reserve an alpha five who knew uh so this i i did three and this was my number one. Uh, I fucking love Back to the Future one, two, and three. Mm. Uh, peach good. <laughs> I just got peached in the face. Uh, but I, yeah, I love the DeLorean. That first time that thing came on screen. When you see like back out of the 
the trap he's got in. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. It's so cool. And I've always I've always thought it was cool. I love those movies. I really, really want the Lego DeLorean Back to the Future Lego. It's huge. But you can customize it to look like any version, one, two, or three from it. Uh, and then you have like the hoverboard and all the different stuff and that um, that he collects throughout the all the series that you can put in the trunk. Absolutely want it. It's two hundred dollars. Like such a huge expense for. I mean, does Grayson really need to go to college? <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I uh, I love I love the DeLorean. So that's that's definitely my number one. So cool. Uh Again, don't have to don't have to rank it. You can still talk about all of these vehicles, which is the fun part. Yeah, oh, I, I have other ones that I can throw out there. So, uh, what's another one you want to throw out there? Uh, it's a little thing called the Millennium Falcon, mm. because uh, it's not your normal shaped spacecraft. It's got that huge burner that goes across the back end to fly. Uh. Your little cockpit, all the little doop, 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 guns on the on the sides, uh, and like that's like <clears throat> that's my sci-fi movie. Like as a kid, like that was like one of my first sci-fi movies where I was like, "Oh, that's the coolest spaceship ever!" And then everything else just looks like airplanes, you know? Like that's the first time that I was like, "Oh, that's just a cool-looking spaceship." That's a good one. It's. Again, like when they find the Millennium Falcon in Force Awakens, like fantastic moment, like because it is such a big part of your fandom and your childhood growing into a fan of something. Um, and it broke the mold on what you would would think the spaceship would be because it's just such a weird, awkward shape. So. And no, no one like no one has ever tried like no one's ever been able to copy that kind of mold and make a different looking spaceship and then make it something that people love or make it iconic. A ghost. <laughs> Which is But like from when Star Wars you, Rebels. When you go to when you go to, to Disney and you walk in and they have the Millennium Falcon there and you're just look at it and you're like oh my god that's so cool and then when you go like to do the the ride is okay but the fact that like you walk through the millennium falcon to go get onto the ride like i loved that more than actually doing the ride part of it uh yeah the ride's a lot of fun but i was so happy to take a picture at the dejaric table that like I, I still will just see that picture and smile because it's like, yeah, it's such a great moment even in the movies. Like, where three PO and Chewie are playing like hollow chess. Like, that's just a thing that happens on this like weird, gross ship, and you're like, no, childhood. I love yeah. it. I respect I, it. There's a picture of me standing in front of the Millennium Falcon, like as happy as can be. Uh, much like the time that we met Chewbacca, and I like almost cried. Like, oh, another another picture I have. But where is it? Where is it? 
Uh, I'm not going to be able to point to it. Uh, my autographed picture of Chewbacca is oh, hanging yeah. out on that little table over the, the litter box. I oh. can see it. We used to keep that on a pedal stool. A pedal stool? Pedal stool. Chris, do you mind if I jump in next? Because no, I you. will also pick a Star Wars ship. You can jump right in, and yeah, we know what it's going to be. <laughs> you know what's going to be. I'm just going to turn to page uh, 13 of the Star Wars source book, the old uh, role-playing game, and read to you uh, a bonus. From West End Games? Yeah, from West End Games. Or is it someone different? Okay. I know it was like re- republished. This is a reprint uh, from Fantasy Flight. But yeah, this is from the... Uh, but yeah, yeah. But West End published originally by West End Games. And... Uh, Two massive Noldex J77 Event Horizon engines give the A-wing interceptor the fastest sub-leg speed of any production uh, production starfighter. That's right. If you want a starfighter in the Star Wars universe that will go faster than any other ship out there, you got to go with the A-wing. And the A-wing was cool because it was like just stuff that the rebellion was hobbling together, like ready-made parts off, off the uh, rack and just bolting it together, stripping uh, the chassis down to bare bones, basically nothing to just get this. It could fly fast and that's about all it could do. And I love it. It looks like an arrowhead. It's just you <clears throat> droid in the back. Let's go. Let's go. So, Similar to John Paul, how did you feel like seeing an actual a actual okay. close, actual A wing at Galaxy's Edge when you came down? I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, would have liked it to be a different pink color scheme, but you know that's just me. Don't need the blue stripe. It was blue, right? Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> Look, I think I have that. Picture. Been over a year. Uh, I was you know, looking for my picture because I took a picture of it and was like. Uh, I should send this to we, we we joked like, oh, we should send it to Paul with us giving a thumbs down in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right across the courtyard, they have an X-Wing, which I yeah. think is also like a more iconic Starfighter. But the A-Wing is cool. I think the A-Wing's cool. I do love that uh, Gray Leader basically uh, gets hit and then like just does this twirling you know, death spiral right into the bridge of uh, Star Destroyer. Is it the Super Star Destroyer? And that's what uh, sends yeah. Super Star Destroyer down into the the the, the Death Star itself in uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, from then on, I was like, dude, that guy looks cool. That pilot looks cool. That ship is super cool. Oh, it's so fast. And then when I got the X-Wing video game for the computer and then installed it with all seven discs <laughs> that it took to install it, Oof. I got my joystick and I was like, get me into an A-Wing. Just get me into an A-Wing. Oh. You know, I'm not a big guy. You know, if I'm riding rides, I don't want to go that fast. But man, if I'm in control of it, I don't drive fast. I don't zip in and out of traffic, but if I was in an A-Wing, man, I would be Road Rage City. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> Road Rage City. Chris, what, you, what, what, uh, uh, what other vehicle? Do you have a Star Wars vehicle? Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, Star Wars vehicles are great, but I don't have one on my list. Um, I do want to talk about the 
Peach Perfect Beast Unleashed before I go ahead. Um, you know those peach ring candies? Like the gummies that are covered in sugar? Mm-hmm. This tastes yeah. just like that. Ooh. Nice. John uh, did not get this one. John right? did not get this one. And oh. I think this might be my favorite of the flavors because peach rings are one of those like weird candies that you never <laughs> buy. But when you have one, you're like, oh, this is great. Like it, it hits all of those sweet peach notes, and it has like that little bit of like, like that fuzzy tingle mm-hmm. to it too that you would get like if you were eating a real peach. I think I don't remember. I haven't had an actual peach in probably like thirty years. I don't know. <laughs> the only fruit I buy are apples, oranges, and then bananas. If I buy a peach, I want to make sure it's a clean stone peach. Where the, the where the flesh comes cleanly off the pit. Mm, nah, probably the creepiest thing that Paul has ever said on the podcast. <laughs> okay. The that's flesh that's comes like clean off the pit. <laughs> okay. This episode brought to you by Satan. <clears throat> I just finished watching Willow. So yeah. <laughs> uh, my John, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, so. I got these as a sample from my salesman. He had bought a package uh, and I was like, Hey, how's your weekend? And he was like, Oh, it's pretty good. I tried the, the, uh, the, the, the monster. I was like, Oh, how'd you like it? Like, Oh, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah, I drank six. I drank six of them in a night. (laughs) I was like, I was like, Oh, I I mean, I'm like three and a half in and I'm like, yeah, I could probably do like another two. Like, um, so he's like, I, I'll bring you in some so you can try them. So he brought in uh, three different flavors, and he's like, Yeah, I guess I drank more than um, <laughs> more than that. Uh, I drink all the peach, so uh, you'd only get these flavors. I'm like, that's fine. I, I'm totally cool with it. But yeah, he drank <laughs> all the peach. Plus all the other flavors. It's it's really good. <laughs> uh, my next vehicle, though, is not as cool as a DeLorean, I am sad to say. Because when you think of the epitome of style and class, you are probably not thinking of a 1959 Cadillac professional chassis. Uh, could be used as an ambulance or a hearse. It's an end loader, so door's going to swing open on the backside. But you put some sirens on that bad boy, you paint it white, you put a no ghost symbol on the side, and baby, you got yourself an Ecto-1. One of the first actual action figure accessories that I ever had was the Ecto-1. I never had the firehouse. I was not that lucky. I had the Ecto-1 I had the Ecto-2, and that was enough for me because this car was absolutely fantastic in the movies. That siren sound, you can hear it right now as soon as I said that. Uh, Seeing it come back again in Ghostbusters Afterlife was the same for me as that Millennium Falcon moment in Force Awakens. The Ecto-1 is just such a weird, cool car, and... Hot take, 
in Ghostbusters 2, when they add more shit to it, I think it's even better. You put some LEDs on the side, like, oh, baby. Who do uh, I what call? A, what Ghostbusters. about Afterlife with the gun seat and the remote control mm-hmm. trap coming out the back? Uh, yeah, that was one of my things when my son started to love Ghostbusters. And Caitlin was like, oh, what should we get him? And we he got some of the... Um, like the Playmobil figures, and and that's pretty much what he has. But I was like, well, we got to get him the Ecto. We have to get him the Ecto-1. And mainly because I always wanted an Ecto-1 and never had it. The action figure, well, the vehicle for the action figures, had like a ghost trap on the back, and when you would push the car forwards, it would retract the ghost trap and pull the plastic ghost into the back, which I just thought was super cool. I think I had uh, <clears throat> I had I had Ray and Vankman, and then I got the Egon later on with the like you'd press his arm down and his hair would pop up and his eyes would yeah. Uh, but then I had a bunch of ghosts, so I had Slimer. I had a purple ghost that you squeezed, and he had a third eyeball that shot out on a string, and then I had a blue ghost. That had another ghost that sat on top, and you take it off, and you have two ghosts. Like, I had all those things, but like, yeah, all I wanted was Ecto One, and I wanted the uh, the um, the fire hall. Uh, and I remember producer like, Scott had that. I'm still jealous of him. So, my parents got divorced when I was like in fourth grade. And, you know, you're a little kid, your parents get divorced, you're kind of depressed. So they would, like, send me to, like, different counselors or this or that to have that. And they sent me to one, and he had the Ghostbusters uh, <laughs> headquarters. And all I remember was not wanting to talk about my feelings, not wanting to do anything, but play with that. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'd feel better if I could play with that. And he's like, well, let's well, you know, let's talk about stuff first. Uh, you want to go out and get, like, some ice cream? And I was like, I don't have any money. I'm a kid. It's like a toy. Like, let me play with that. And I just remember sitting there the whole time just staring at that toy, being like, oh, I'm, I'm sad. Make me happy. Just play with that toy. You got any of the figures to go with that? You got a sad? You got to at least have a ray. Like, <laughs> yeah, give me something here, Doc. Uh, I mean, next time can... I come here, I can bring my toys and I can play with it, right? Why is this here? Why is this here for me? Like, just to stare at it? Just to remind you that there's things that you want, but you just can't have. <laughs> you have like your parents can. being back together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Ecto-1, like that, quote unquote, you know, that would be my... Uh, my number two. So I did pull this up on the Ghostbusters uh, wiki, and it does note that, again, this is a 1959 Cadillac. Uh, Ray buys it in 1984. So this car is already 25 years old, and he still paid $4,800 for it. Seems like a lot for that time. It's it's a lot. You know, a little bit of work done, you know, new shocks, new brakes, new, new suspension. Yeah. Does it all himself? So you know, 
I love too that Bankman's like, hey, you can't park this here. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess I I start the next one then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, I go a lot more terrestrial with my vehicles. I've realized that's a fault of mine. I think because all these are cars that I could probably actually buy. Uh, this one probably not. It's much more military grade material. But this is also one of the few vehicles that I am picking that I have actually been able to see. And I had my picture taken with it. Twist. We all had our pictures taken with it. Wow. Because this is going to be the Tumblr from Ooh. Batman Begins because we took a road trip up to Toronto because for the uh, release of that film, the Tumblr was traveling across America and Canada. Uh and we went up there to see the Tumblr, and it was more about the trip and getting to go up there and see it, because I think we were only there in front of the car for maybe, like, 15 minutes before. It was a day trip. It was just us driving yeah. up to see yeah. it and then drive back. It was Remember like, remember we couldn't find it, and we had to walk through, like, a pharmacy toy store kind of a weird thing yeah. to find it? Uh, then we had, our, we had our picture taken. And then we went to say what? Had a yeah. lamb burger, some beers, and drove home. <laughs> great day. Uh, great I pushed vehicle, Chris too. over. You pushed me over in one of the pictures. I'm laughing in it. I'm still laughing now. Um, <laughs> but also, it's just a cool car. Like, everything we had seen of the Batmobile leading up to Batman Begins, it was, like, super sleek, super cool. Like, whoa, this bitch stylish. The Tumbler is just, it's a tank. Like, that thing is made to take some wear and tear. And seeing it jump over rooftops in Batman Begins, you you buy it. Because, like, yeah, this this car could do that. That's cool. Yeah, but um, it would also then crush the building it was on. It would fall mm, straight through the roof. Uh, it also uses time displacement, so it spreads its molecules across history. Yeah. Christopher Nolan time bullshit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this is the vehicle that I wanted to have, like, a sentimental thing for. Besides just like, I thought this was cool when I was a kid. Well, guess what? All I'm talking about is things that I thought was cool as a kid. And I thought, talking about Batmobiles, you couldn't get much cooler than the 1955 Ford Lincoln Futura concept car that Adam West drove I, I don't know maybe you can see it turbines up there. to speed uh, maybe you, you can see, see it up it. there yeah I can see the maybe wheels yep. yeah. I have a, like, you, a, you, you moved the camera down yeah I, I moved it up so you could see it and then I was putting oh. myself what you'd rather look at the tiny little Batmobile than, than my face yeah Yes. Oh, yeah. okay makes sense uh, yeah uh, <laughs> this is the one that Ad, uh, this is from the Adam West Batman um I probably, I can't, I'm trying to think, did I see the Adam West Batman or the animated series Batman first? Probably saw the animated probably. series Batman. I don't know, because I remember more. seeing the Adam West Burt Ward Batman on like TNT or like TBS and like yeah. being aware of Batman yeah. at that point. Yeah, you guys had cable. 
I did not. So, mm. like, maybe it was on reruns on, like, uh, you know, like Sunday mornings. But I don't – I think I saw Burt Ward and uh, and West Batman, like, when I went over to see my grandparents and they had cable. And it was on TV land or something. So uh, I think I saw the animated series first. But that car actually looked like a car. And I understood it a lot better than the animated series Batmobile, which, you know, was a take on the, you know, 1989 Batmobile. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's cool. And I I'm, was happy that I was actually able to find out what kind of car it was based on. <laughs> so, no, it was modified. What does it sell for now? Oh, I don't know. I'm not on a buy ad. John, do you have a Batmobile? <laughs> uh, but like, you, you honestly probably could because there's been so many iterations of that vehicle. Like, So the Batman 66 Batmobile is probably my first Batmobile. Um, but probably the Batmobile I love the most would probably be the Batman the Animated Series Batmobile. Um, like that one's just, it's just like that so long it's just so cool. But uh, my last pick is going to be an Oldsmobile Delta 88. Oh, okay. Because not only has it's a it classic every Sam Raimi movie, mm. but that car has been blown up and brought back to life countless times in the Evil Dead movies. Uh, there's just something about it. Uh, it's the car that uh, Uncle Ben's driving to drop Peter off uh, uh, in the Sam Raimi um, Spider-Man movies. Uh, this movie is just one of those things that that director had. It was his car, and he's used in all of his movies, and he's continued to have it p- appear in everything that he does. Uh, but yeah, the the Evil Dead uh, Oldsmobile is definitely uh, one of those iconic cars. Uh, it was between this and the um, Pursuit Special from Road Warrior okay. that appeared in those, the uh, Ford Falcon Interceptor, um, but definitely the Evil Dead Oldsmobile is uh, is one of those just iconic cars that I love. I mean, Uncle Ben got carjacked for one, so, you know. (laughs) So, do you subscribe to the fan theory that that is Sam Raimi's, like, favorite car because he lost his virginity in it? Uh, no, I think... No, no, Paul's making a quizzical face. That's why people think it's, like, such a, like, a institution for him, because it's not like it was, like, his first car. Like, it was also, like bigger than that because my first car was like a 1989 pontiac grand prix if i'm making movies i'm not putting that in it uh i think it was one of those things that he had that car it was in his one movie and then he put it in his other movie and then he was like i'm a fan of movies and directors using things i'll just keep using this car and all these things it'll just be the one of those things that everyone like People won't know it now, yeah. but in 20 years, people are going to go, 
he puts that car in everything. <laughs> and he it's does. Kinda like, it's, there's nothing sexual about it. It's it's like Quentin Tarantino and feet. Nothing sexual at all. Uh, I have to write that down. I was writing it the classic because that's what they call it. Sorry, I'm not writing down Paul's thing. <laughs> the car. Um, Paul. Yes, Chris. Batmobile was your last pick? Yes, that was my number three. Okay. Uh, wow. The 1955 Ford. Uh, I lost it. I do need to jump off shortly, but I do want to just say I also toyed with putting on um, a Transformer mm-hmm. for this, but depending on what version of Transformers you're watching, he could turn into a plane. He might turn into like a car tank. He might just turn into a boombox, but a sound wave. Oh, yeah. Uh, I almost put on a GI Joe vehicle that I loved. Like it was one of my favorite vehicles that I owned and I loved seeing it in the cartoon. But I think it only appeared once in the cartoon. That's okay. They needed to appear so they could sell it to you. Paul, you have any other uh, a runner-up? You know the Normandy from the Mass Effect series, but that's that's like a big. It's not like a. It's, okay, it's a vehicle. vehicle. Yeah, but no, it's but it's a vehicle. vehicle. It's transporting no. people. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, John had the Millennium Falcon. That's like a transport ship. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it could be steered by at least just two. You know, you need at least two to pilot that ship. Um, yeah. No, the uh, SV. SV-2, the Cerberus, uh, one that then later becomes part of the the Alliance fleet. Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed that vehicle quite a bit and didn't want it to blow up. So made sure that I did all the side missions. Uh, Speaking about things we didn't want to blow up, (laughs) didn't think about this until just now. Uh, I'm gonna say my horse from Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> oh, I thought it was good. I was thinking you were gonna say the horse from Never Ending Story, Atrax. Oh. Uh, no, his Chris's horse's name was a- uh, Ajax. Applejack. Applejack. No, uh, he went off of a lot of cliffs, <laughs> but next time I would get a horse, it was the same horse in my mind. That was my uh, fan cannon for it. He 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 always came when I summoned him. Kind of like the dragon sword. Anything else, guys? No. Well, hey, maybe there's a glaring omission that we have, something that we just did not think about. Let us know. Email us over at bagnaboardcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the social media posts for this episode. Uh, Did you unleash the beast while you were listening to us? Maybe. Did you drink some uh, liquid death? Maybe. Hey, I got a case of iced teas to talk about next time. Oh, nice. I'm oh, did you grab the Arizona? Oh, no, you grabbed the uh, liquid. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the, their teas. They're really good. I, I asked tea time, Chris, and he didn't, he didn't say yes or no. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't think I saw that. Yes, it was tea time because I bought them. Nice. Okay, I'll t- I, I might be able to find those <laughs> in the store I'm working at. I'll save them. They're big cans. They're like stovepipe. Okay, so a lot of tea.